Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Kayak Fishing Obsessed Podcast. We'll be sitting down with a fresh guest each week. Someone who shares the same kayak fishing passion that runs through our veins. We're talking kayak anglers, kayak companies, lure experts. Heck, anyone who's got a story to tell about landing the big ones from a kayak. We're setting our sights on becoming the number one kayak fishing podcast in the world. You'll get a chuckle, a grin, and hey, maybe even a belly laugh. Because we believe in the power of humor. But above all, we're here to educate and inspire. So, whether you're a seasoned kayak angler or just dipping your toes into this exhilarating world, join us on the Kayak Fishing Obsessed Podcast. It's time to reel in adventure, camaraderie, and the joy of the catch. Here's your host, Darren Wendell. Right, everybody. Welcome to podcast episode number 45, brought to you by the Wendell Fishing YouTube channel. And I'm excited about this because the channel just hit 30,000 subscribers this past week, and I love every single one of y'all. So thank you so much. Guys, tonight I have the owner of Impulse Rods, Brian Hastings, on with us. We're going to take a deep dive into fishing rods. And this was something, man, this past year, my knowledge on fishing rods has evolved quite a bit and it's really changed the game for my um my fishing this past year and the success that i've had uh, a lot was uh, just dialing in the rods that i use and so uh, i have a bunch of impulse rods as well and so we're going to talk about those i'm excited about that but if you're not live and you're listening to the podcast maybe you're working on your kayak i mean you're out fishing driving home from work or whatever whatever you're doing i would love to hear from you please uh, reach out to me. I get people reaching out every single week and I love to hear from you. Uh, on Instagram, I respond. YouTube, I respond. TikTok, I do not respond. So don't reach out to me over there. Guys, I was out fishing today with my buddy Bofin Junkie. He's actually in the comments. And uh, I just want to give a congrats. He just landed his personal best today. And so that was pretty awesome. Excited for him. Uh, and tonight's show will be a little short due to some, due to some time constraints that we have. Uh, but not a big deal. But let's go ahead and invite or bring our guest on, Brian Hastings, my man. Hey, Darren. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for hopping on. I know you're feeling a little bit under the weather, so everyone's like listening in like, what? That, he sounds sick. Why is not feeling the greatest? But the show must go on. That's right. <laughs> so um, appreciate you coming on. I would love to hear kind of your story, Impulse Rods. How did you get involved? Did you? St- I don't, really don't know the origin story, so I'd love to hear it. Yeah, man. Um, well, we're just about um, in January going to hit 10 years uh, in business impulse will. So that's exciting. Um, we might have to be doing something special when that comes around. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I, I worked in the industry for a few years um, back in you know 2009. Uh, and then I met Lance Stringer, my business partner. Yeah. Um, we decided to go out, go ahead and start um, you know, our own rod company. We started this in uh, January of 2014. So on 
uh, some hopes and dreams and being really naive. Uh, <laughs> first time business owners. And uh, we started it and uh, he had a 30 by 40 shop that he had recently built on his property. Okay. And we, we framed it out, you know, ran all the electrical, built some drums to turn rods on and, and uh, away we went. So it's just kind of been, you know, up from there. Wow. That is quite the story. Why? why we're, yeah, I'm here. We're kind of like going in and out, but the audio is good. Um, why fishing rods? Man, I was already kind of in that aspect of the industry. Um, so it just seemed like a natural, natural transition. And I knew I had always wanted to own my own businesses uh, someday. Okay. Uh, so that was just, just kind of a easy, easy roll into it. Cause we were kind of, kind of already in the industry and wanted to follow that passion of starting a business. All right. Well, 10 years in, I tip my hat to you. Uh, if you're going to succeed, um, most people, <laughs> they don't make it past the first few years. So 10 years yeah. in, it's good. It's been a, a wild ride. It's had its ups and downs for sure. We um, worked in his in that 30 by 40 building for quite a few years, uh, probably longer than we, we should have. Uh, we were cramped. Uh, we moved out of there in 2018 um, and uh, an area where we have some more space uh that you know we quickly filled up that as well so it's been it's been good yeah so where are you guys located at for everybody listening in in uh, magnolia texas uh so just off there's a main road through there 1488 fm 1488 um and it's a wild corner north of houston where there's you know seven rod companies within a nine mile radius oh really so. <laughs> <laughs> i think some other people out there had the same idea there's a there's a handful out out here um that's for sure so oh man that's exciting so to kind of get it get us kicked off i've been thinking about this i was like what in the world am i going to ask brian and so we're going to get tactical later in the show but i just want to talk about kind of fishing rods in general right what is real what is hype and as an owner like you get to see behind the scenes, all the marketing out there, what's happening out there? Man, well, it's been a, you know, a combination of things over the years. Uh, one thing that we do or don't do, I guess, is we've always never wanted to fluff up our marketing uh, okay. a whole lot or make claims that were a little outlandish. Um, you know, our, our policy has really been to build the highest quality rod we can build get it into people's hands and and they're going to realize they like it um as opposed to trying to sell them on some you know magic new material that is incredibly hard to verify uh whether it is real or it's not real um so there, there's a lot of marketing fluff that is out there that um has gone a long way to confuse people if you're out there and you try and do your due diligence and research you can fall down a rabbit hole of um you know nano graphene to all kinds of things. Um, and some of it, you know, I don't know everything. I'm not a, a blank designer, uh, but we can kind of get into some more of those details later if we want to talk about blanks and stuff. But yeah. Um, yeah. Well, we'll get there. I got some questions around blanks. But um, so as a consumer, right, of rods, there are, I mean, you just walk down any, you walk into any fishing store, hundreds, maybe even sometimes thousands. <laughs> of rods what are some of these you mentioned outlandish claims right so as a consumer when i'm walking in there well, and you said they're hard to verify what are we what were you speaking to specifically 
Uh, mostly blank material in the stuff they claim, you know, you know, 60 million modulus graphite, um, things like that, that they're trying to sell you to prove that it's like a more sensitive blank, right. um, that some of that stuff just doesn't exist and those terms are, are made up. So <laughs> um, I'm, not, I'm not joking. Some of the technology they claim, I mean, I'll, I'll name one because they're no longer around, but when carrot sticks was a big deal, um, okay. they straight up, they, they tried to convince people there were carrot fibers in those rods. Um, and that's what made them so strong and sensitive. <laughs> uh, and, <laughs> Hold up. And I, and there's a lot of people, <clears throat> excuse me, that, that believed it, um, and thought it. And I, I, we knew the engineer that designed the blanks. So it's just, this is one of those things, um, that, that's your route as a company and you want to market that, you know, maybe there was some fine print in the, uh, legal stuff that said that it wasn't a real claim. I don't know. <laughs> Carrot sticks, carrot fibers. <clears throat> wow. All right. Well, there's a lot. There's a lot happening out there. Um, you say sixty million graphite. What was that? Sixty million. Uh, think about million modulus uh, is a term that is kind of thrown around. How many million modulus? And <clears throat> when it first got thrown around, and then somebody says they have. Oh, they have thirty. The next guy that says, oh, they have forty. And the next guy is just going to claim they have more um, to try and outdo whoever's at the top of the game at that time. Got it. And is there any real way to measure that? Um, maybe in a lab somewhere, but to be honest with you. Got it. I, I don't know. In the million modulus thing, um, like I said, I'll, I have some more details I can share about blanks and stuff when we when we get into that. But um, no, that's just one of the things that we see that um, is just, that's a little bit of the smoke and mirrors, I think, when it comes to the marketing that we try to avoid. Yeah. I can appreciate that. All right, we got a couple comments over here. Um, two of them. You're going to like one of them, which is funny because we just talked about it in the green room like a couple minutes ago. Cooler Lid AP120. He asked the question, are you going to make a kayak-specific rod? Maybe shorter butt ends in hook keeper upper the reel. <laughs> I, lo I love it. We're not so laughing you at you, Cooler Lid. We're laughing because we literally just had this conversation off like before we started the show that's why we're chatting um, uh yeah we'd be open to making a, a kayak specific rod um if we can narrow down what that is um and then the specifics of what the needs are for for the kayak anglers yeah so hey, everyone listening in um let us know if you could make a kayak specific rod what would that look like i'm just curious because the issue that rod makers have is no one can agree <laughs> on what that what it is. Oh, I want a, a short butt. I want a longer one and everyone in between. So I'm curious if you have any thoughts on that. Go ahead and throw that in. We'll, we'll circle back on it here in a little bit. All right, let's shift gears a little bit here. What's the difference? I actually did a video on this, but I want to hear it from you because um, I didn't actually talk to you before I did that video. What's the difference between a $50 rod and a $150 rod? Because that's kind of like you kind of – in my opinion, when you go to your website, you have like almost two prices for rods for the mm -hmm. for the freshwater series. One lands around $150, your energy series. And then your OG original series is around $250. So let's not talk about the $250. We will in a second. But like most people, when they get into fishing, they're not jumping and buying a $150 rod. They're usually you know, right. walking into Walmart and they're grabbing something within their budget and they're going with it. So how do you convince somebody? that to make the jump from $50 to $150 and what are the benefits that you get from that? So in your opinion, what would those be? Yeah. Um, 
you know, I agree that if there's somebody that's brand new to fishing and they're going to go in and, and they're probably going to buy something that's a little bit um, more affordable at, you know, Academy or Walmart or, or your local sports store. Um, mm-hmm. And I think once they really catch that bug for fishing or, or they really want something more, they're going to start doing some research, start looking into things. Um, and the, one of the differences you're going to find, even if you just go up to that 120 to $150 range, is just a, a better quality product that's put together with maybe more uh, lure specific stuff in mind um, you're going to have typically a, a probably a, a higher quality blank that's going to be more sensitive higher quality components and you know i've known guys that love to fish with the you know 39 dollars walmart special all day long and, and they claimed that it wasn't any you know the 150 rods weren't any any better but I've seen those guys in the boat side by side with somebody else, not, not feeling the bite, not feeling that oh, yeah. little, little tick that is making the difference. Um, so I'd say sensitivity, um, really, if I had to sum it up would be the biggest thing you're going to get when you, when you step up there and that's going to, I mean, that's not much more important than that when you're, you know, finesse bass fishing. Heck yeah, for sure. So you have the, would you say that's even the same for so what, what's the difference between like $150 rod? your energy series and your $250 rod or you just, just even more so better. Are there any, even, even more so like just a, a short answer on ours is um, our original series is going to be physically lighter and more sensitive. Um, and it has higher end components that are going to have smoother inserts um, that are going to have maybe a little bit more casting distance out of them. Um, they'll help the sensitivity a little bit, but the majority of that comes from the blank. Um, so really physical weight, and sensitivity are really typically what you're gaining is you go higher in that price point. Okay. So how do you get, I'm going off, off topic here now for my questions, but how do you get a, how do you get a lighter rod? Like, how do you guys do it? The, uh, well, the only way to do it is to reduce the material. So, okay, so the tell point. me what you start pulling away or what you start doing in order to make that lighter. Because here's the thing. I know when I go out fishing, if I'm go, I, I was all, out all day just today and I'm throwing a jig rod and over and over and over again. And I've, I've had heavy ones and you'll wear yourself out real quick. And then when I moved over to my impulse, I mean, I feel like I could throw that a lot longer without getting tired. So it matters if you're out there all the time fishing two, three, four times a week. Um, and so... How do you how do you guys start pulling back on weight without compromising, you know, quality? Yeah, definitely. Um, you can pull out some of that weight from a little bit from everywhere, from whether it's you know split handles are very popular now. You hardly don't see any full grip fishing rods. Maybe you mm-hmm. do in that lower price point, um, you know, sixty nine dollar area. They're easier to build. They're easier to assemble. That's why uh, they're probably in there. Uh, so you reduce some weight from the handle. You can reduce weight just by the real seat design. Um, and then guide size, you know, it's kind of minuscule at that point, but we've transitioned from, you know, 10 years ago using, uh, we would call it conventional size guides, which were bigger. And then you saw a big influx of micro guides. Um, and where our, our rods land is kind of in a happy medium that we've experimented with both and where we're at, we call it a, a mid-size guide train and we've seen the best um, efficiency for weight and casting ability in that. And then you do it from the blank, but you got to be careful. You can go, the higher grade of graphite is lighter in an, in and of itself. So you, you're going to get that with that higher price point rod. Um, but 
you could also put less material in with when you, they manufacture the blanks, but you have thinner thinner walls, and you can have uh, it's just a fine line walking between durability and lightweight. Right, because the lighter you make it, technically, the more brittle it is. Yeah, there's only two ways to get the strength out of the blank: is either the wall thickness, right, or the hoop diameter. How big around the blank is it can gain strength from both of those things so but there's limitations to to both of those and when you try and remove material and get the lightest thing possible you are pressing on that line of is it going to hold up and that's the dance yeah so what, what, what does resin come into any any to play here or is it negligible um <clears throat> yeah i mean the the blank technology is is you know, I'd say um, super interesting. I'm not an expert in that field in any way. I, I've been to factories. I've seen how they're made. Um, but like I said, the the higher grade graphites are physically lighter. Um, they are not necessarily stronger. Okay. They, they can almost be more, more brittle. They're more sensitive and lighter. But like you said, it's just a fine dance between blending materials. And they do a million different things with resins and scrims. Uh, there's paper carbon scrims. There's scrimless material, and that the scrim is just. Let's say what's a scrim? What holds like if all the carbon fiber was just like a bunch of hairs? Got it. The scrim is what holds them together. Okay. Oh man, I'm learning all kinds of stuff. This is great. All right, so I'm gonna head back. Uh, we had a bunch of comments when we asked about if, uh, if, if some ideas on if they had an idea for a kayak fishing specific rod. And some of those um, are are here. Um, Bucktail says, I can't think of anything better than a shorter butt. I tend to go a little shorter on rods for the kayak to begin with. Same to go. Same goes for when I'm waiting. Um, Cooler Lid says, I think a shorter butt would not interfere with a PFD, which is a big deal, right? Trying to jerk bait fish or frog fishing. Makes sense. Bass backwards, shorter butt. Um, cooler Lid. I think leverage is lost with a long grip and sitting in a kayak. So, I mean, there, there you go. <laughs> uh, shorter, shorter handle, um, shorter butt handle on that. All right. Well, thank you everybody for chiming in on that. Debo's here. Hey, Debo. Thanks for coming in. It's been fun. All right. So he, here's a, here's a question because fishing rods can be ridiculous. Right. I think all of us who are out there have heard some of fishing just the rods alone can run up to eight hundred dollars. So what justifies and we're not naming any names here, but what justifies an eight hundred dollar rod? Or in your opinion, right? This is an opinion question here. Brian, what do you think mm -hmm. on that? <clears throat> um well, I guess I'd say if I was gonna build an eight hundred dollar rod, um carrot fibers. Yep, that's it. <laughs> there that's it is. All right, bringing it back. <laughs> <laughs> Takes a lot of a lot of man hours to harvest all the carrots. Yeah, so I know. I mean, that's, it's... that's the price right there. <laughs> um, I'm not bashing them in any way. It's just <laughs> now. I'd say you know, obviously, the blank is going to be your your biggest starting point, and some of those can get very expensive, even even from a um, OEM standpoint where we are. Um, there's some stuff that we would have to put in a very high price point. Um, but on top of that, you're going to come into components uh, like carbon fiber handles um, are significantly more expensive than um, cork or EVA or wind grips. Um, there's also carbon fiber reel seats. Now, a lot of these, your generic reel seat out there, people say it's 
I guess, a graphite real seal. I'm not sure why they say that. It's just injection molded plastic, mm -hmm. the same ones that have been around for, um, you know, 40 years. Uh, but they have ones that are like actually carbon fiber and they're crazy, crazy light. And then you can step into some really, really high end guides. Um, and then on top of that, some of that is going to be uh, the brand. Okay. You know, you probably know brands that I'm saying that have those rods that just have some really outrageously high priced products. Um, you know, kind of same goes with, with uh, golf stuff. So I'm not picking anybody in the golf industry, but Nike has some outrageously priced drivers that, you know, personally, I'm, I'm going with the, you know, hundred dollar special uh, for a driver. <laughs> right. <laughs> so there, there are some justifications. Um, you know, I would say if, if we built a high end rod, I can't imagine it being up in that $800 range. Um, but it could be significantly higher than we, we price rods at now. Yeah. Um, there, there is some room for that, but a lot of it comes into that, the brand that they, they can command that. Okay. So let's, let's say, let's talk components, right? If you put all the highest components made the sickest rod you could, would that land you at like five, 500 MSRP? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe, okay. Yeah. So you're, you're from that point on, I mean, you are reaching on component value and you're paying for a brand. Yeah. Generally speaking. Okay. And it just, it just gets some framework. I know guys, it's just opinions, right? We're all just talking, but I'm talking to a guy who's been doing it for 10 years. So I'm just kind of interested here. All right. I got a question here um, from Debo. I think I got from Debo. He said, question, what's your number one selling rod length, power and action. And if someone's new to fishing, how about you, you know, explain power versus actions. One of those things that if you've been fishing for a while, you understand it, but it can get confusing. And so unpack that for us a bit as well. Okay. Um, yeah, well, our number one seller is our seven foot three heavy, extra fast, uh, nicknamed the frog rod, uh, originally intended to be a frog rod, but has turned into, you know, guys use it for everything. I got guys that flip with it. I got guys that, uh, love throwing swim jigs on it. Mm -hmm. Um, you can, I got guys that have five of them. They keep them on the, the deck of their boat, uh, but it's a seven, three heavy with an extra fast tip. So it's, it's got a soft tip to, it was intended to be able to work that frog. Um, but it's got a lot of backbone to pull them out of the grass or, or what have you. Yeah. It's great to throw a whopper plopper on. Um, okay. so. Oh, are you there? All right. We might've lost him here for a second. Oh, bummer. All right, we're going to see if we can get Brian back and give him a few seconds here. You still there? Nope. Now you're back. Great. Okay. Where did I lose you at? Um, I think you're just wrapping up a little bit. Oh, you're talking about um, your best selling. And so you're talking about your, your rod, but you weren't, you didn't talk about action power yet. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So like, uh, typically it's a medium heavy. That's a best seller, but um, that's a close second or seven, three medium heavy, which is a good all purpose rod is a close second. Um, and as far as power or an action go, uh, the easy explanation is power. Uh, did I lose you? Yeah, we're going in and out, which is kind of a bummer, but I think you're back now. Uh, did you catch the, what I was saying? You're getting ready to, to unpack power and action. 
Yeah. So power just in, in general across the board is how stiff the rod is and action is where that rod bends at. So uh, there's, there's little diagrams, uh, but a fast action is going to be how much the rod bends in the first like 12 inches of the rod. A fast or extra fast rod is going to bend right at the tip and almost have a little hook to it, where if you had a moderate to slow action rod, it's going to be a big rainbow bend. And the power is going to be your medium, medium heavy, heavy on how stiff that rod is. Um, now, one tough thing in the rod industry is <clears throat> there's actually no industry standard for power. So what we call a medium heavy, right. another rod company, their medium heavy might be what our heavy is or our extra heavy. Uh -huh. um, it, it varies wildly, which is just kind of tough. There's no necessarily line or lure rating. But All right, guys, powers right, how stiff it is, and uh, the action is where that where the action where the rod bends at. All right, all right. I'll thank you for backing that a bit, Debo. Thank you for your question. So let's start walking through the parts. Well, parts of the rod. Uh, we said we're going to talk a little bit about blanks. So I'd love to hear you. And I had a question: Do you roll your own blanks? And so if you could answer that, that'd be awesome. Yeah, um, we do not roll our own blanks. Um, that takes a little bit more, um, I guess, square footage and space and and uh, really big volume. You know, you, to get into that and doing it yourself, um, you have to be doing quite a bit of volume. And you, you're probably you've probably seen how many hundreds of rod companies are out there. Yeah, um, most of those guys are not rolling their own blanks. You know, there's a handful of U.S. manufacturers that that roll blanks, um, and then wholesale places that we can get blanks from in the U.S. Um, and then obviously we can get them from overseas as well. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but blanks, yeah. There. Um, did you have what other specific stuff were you were you headed in uh, on blanks? You know, anything you want you want to share? Uh, looking from a consumer point of view. Um, and so what should a consumer be on the lookout for? And, you know, we didn't talk about this earlier, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on kind of diminishing returns on price versus value for, and there's all different types of anglers. Like I know the diminishing return line is going to be different from someone who fishes once a month to someone who fishes, you know, four times a month to someone who fishes 20 times a month. Yeah. But I'd love to hear if you had any thoughts on that as well. Uh, man, not, that's tough to quantify or, or, or put a number on. Um, you know, it's, I know guys that are super passionate that, you know, used to tournament fish, but now he just pond fishes in neighborhoods and still wants nice equipment because uh, that's what he, he used to use. And he knows what nice equipment is, likes to, uh, to fish with it. Um, you know, if you're, if you're going out there once a month, um, you buying $500, you know, $600 combos. Is it, is it worth it to you? I guess if you have the funds and that's, uh, if you, if you're a tackle enthusiast, uh, there's some guys that are tackle enthusiasts and love all the details and there's really specific things that they like and they can only get those in those higher end rods. Um, and there's some guys that don't care about those details and they can still go out and have a good time and, and catch a few fish. So yeah. maybe around that $500 mark where, uh, 
<laughs> we talked about there not being a big difference between that and an $800 rod. Yeah, for sure. Oh, man. Sorry, guys. We're like, if you're listening in the audio and it's going in and out, we're just having some technical issues. I don't know if it's, it's probably me, but, uh, and my headphones have fallen out. So it's a hot mess over here. But um, I wanted to kind of move a little bit more tactical here. If you have a question, go ahead and throw that into the comments. So I'll get it answered. But what rod would you recommend? So let's get into um, technique specific rods. I know for me personally, I just upgraded my arsenal probably six months ago. And the difference that has made for me has been incredible. So, I mean, I have the Energy Series seven foot finesse, which I do a lot of my wacky worm and eco rig. Um, I have an original series seven three medium heavy casting rod. Uh, I have a seven four extra heavy casting rod, which I caught four bass this morning on a three eighth ounce uh, football head jig, which is going, doing well for me. I have the Randy Haynes signature ledge rod, which is a seven nine. Um, and these things are all light, right? That's that rod's like 5.4 ounces. The other ones are 3.7 and 4.4 ounces. I have a topwater rod that you guys make. And whenever you like, whenever I started doing technique specific rods, I was like, wow, these things perform so much better when they're made for that specific <laughs> type of presentation. Uh, it's incredible. I would say for me personally, more important than the line, than the, the, the real is the rod if you have that dialed in so what would you recommend for someone who fishes for say um most of the time a buzz bait a spinner bait or a chatter bait often and kind of why break that break that down for us yeah um buzz bait spinner bait chatter bait um you know you could throw all that on our zell roland signature spinner bait rod um or you could throw that on uh the 73 glass composite cranking rod uh, that's gotten it really popular for throwing chatter baits and stuff on. It's great for moving baits. It is a composite, um, so it has fiberglass and graphite in it, um, and it, it's great for for moving baits. So those would probably be the two big recommendations: would be a uh, Zell Roland spinner bait rod or a seven three uh, glass graphite cranking rod. Okay, now tell me why. Like, what's the graphite do? What's the what's, the, what's all this stuff do, and why did you choose it for that? Yeah, well, the the glass graphite cranking rod we designed for cranking. We did not design it for chatterbaits. That's just something that has kind of fallen in there. Um, we put the we have the factory that rolls the blanks. You know, roll them with uh, fiberglass in the tips. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, graphite in the tips, fiberglass in the backs, and it it makes for a more limber rod. It makes um, for a easier on the angler when he's cranking take some of the work out of it for you and it is not going to pull as hard on the fish when it has that big bait in his mouth when he's thrashing you're going to stay hooked up longer to more fish um so that's that's the reason behind that and there's a big personal preference there between guys that want all graphite or all or, or a composite for for their crankbaits but that's the recommendation that we make okay so let's let's move on to a different presentation um how about someone okay football head jigs we're talking on the lighter side. Lighter side? Yeah, so an ounce in, in less. Or three-eighths in less. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, folks. Looks like we're... I know I heard someone up here say that the internet connectivity is medium <laughs> to poor at best. All right, here, we're back. All right. Oh, man. So football head jigs, yeah, I would say for um, the the frog rod is a fantastic football jig rod, swim jig rod, but that might be on the three-eighths and up okay. range. Um, for under that, we actually made a 7-1 medium heavy. It was actually a, a fundraiser rod when uh, Lance, my partner was going through uh, his battle with cancer, he had leukemia. Okay. We built a little fundraiser rod to help cover some of his insurance costs. Um, and we, it's called the Lance's fight rod. It's still in, in stock. It's just kind of gotten graduated into a, a staple now because guys loved it so much, but it's a seven, one medium heavy with a fast tip um, really in between our regular medium heavy and that frog rod. It's great for throwing, you know, small, small football jigs, you know, junior, frogs uh um little swim jigs stuff like that okay that fast tip really really makes a difference but it's got a lot of backbone to pull everything out nice uh how about umbrella umbrella rigs a rigs what what do you do you have a rod for that and what's why is it made like it is and like why would you want it the length you're going to tell me that it is and so walk me through that yeah. Um, so one thing in our original series, the little rods that are 249, we have 30 different models of rods. Oh. Anywhere between a 6.3 medium all the way up to a 7.11 heavy. Um, so just about every technique is covered in that. The energy series, we have nine models in, which kind of covers the basics to help those guys that are just getting into it, it gets their bases covered. Um, but the umbrella rig would be that 7.11 heavy. Um, you can throw umbrella rigs on it, big swim baits on it. You can throw big crank baits on it, but we usually try and recommend the glass rods for that. But the reason why is, um, you know, when those umbrella rigs first came out, guys were trying to throw them on like extra heavies and the stiffest rods they could find, which really wasn't what they wanted or what they needed. This is a, a heavy action rod that is a, or a heavy power with a moderate action. So it's got a big rainbow bend to it. So when you go to cast it slow, you know, a slow, big swing, the rod loads up and just kind of chunks it out there. Um, and it's going to help you cast it, which is one of the biggest challenges with, with that umbrella rig. Um, right. But it's got plenty of power to, to bring it in in the, you know, potentially two four pounders that you catch on it. <laughs> yeah. Heck yeah. All right, so let's switch gears a little bit. We're going to be landing the plane here in about six or seven minutes because we have a shorter show tonight. But walk us through warranties, right? What does the industry offer when it comes to warranties? You know, what's smoke and mirrors? And what should we look out for as consumers, in your opinion? Um, man, that's a, it's a loaded question. question. Yeah, it's a loaded question. <laughs> uh, honestly, that's, that's the worst part about this business. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> 
uh, I wouldn't say there's really any smoke and mirrors out there. There's some big companies that that made it tough for um, a lot of companies, you know, a decade ago when when companies came out with like a lifetime warranty. Mm. Um, why you would ever put a lifetime warranty on a product like this, I'm not sure. And I may step on some some people's toes, but um, you know, the the rod is a super brittle piece of delicate material like the right. size of a q-tip that you're swinging a four pound bass in your boat on um so you know guys will break a rod after six years and they caught a thousand fish on it um that that wasn't a manufactured defect that's just kind of been you know worn over time yeah uh, yeah uh so The, uh, really, you just find out find out what it is. Um, <clears throat> one uh, with our warranties, they're a year warranty on the original series, and then it's prorated after that. A year is enough time to show any manufacturer's defect um, that's going to come up. It's any manufacturer defect is really going to show up within the first couple times you fish with the rod. Right. Um, you know, if you if you tell me, you know, I caught a hundred fish on this. This is my favorite rod. You know. I caught a 10 pounder on it and then it broke on a cast, you know, the next time I went out mm. more than likely is it got stepped on, on the deck of the boat. Right. Um, with all these GoPros, I literally watch guys stand and kneel on their rods while they're netting the fish, um, that are, <laughs> that are laying right on the deck of their boat. Um, so then they, they, uh, yeah. So, but we have a one year warranty that's going to really give it plenty of time to show up with any, any defects. Um, and even then we take care of most people, um, that, that come in after that one year, it's prorated. So it's like a $70 replacement for the $250 rod. Yeah. It's a $70 okay. replacement after that. Got it. Got it. Yeah. I was, I was always wondering about that. You know, I was watching a YouTube video recently and a guy just hooks that. He's like, Oh, I have this, I've had this rod for four years and it just broke on that tiny little fish. And I was thinking, Okay probably now just wasn't the time that it just decided to break. If you've had it for four years, like you compromised it sometime earlier that week or month, kneeled yeah. on it, yeah. did something to it. You didn't realize that you did. And then when you hook set on a two pound fish, it broke. Um, so yeah, Gary Loomis, um, if everybody doesn't know, he started G Loomis and he right. runs a blank factory and edge rods. He wrote a great article years ago. That's it's been circulating online, but, and he is a graphite engineer. He was the guy that designed those blanks. Um, so he wrote a really neat article um, several years ago that, that really details that and kind of sets people straight on on the graphite and said, let's know it's, it's not an indestructible material. He takes them and he inspects it and he shows that it's, it's, you know, flawless. And then he barely kneels on it and explains that there can be tiny stress fractures from very small incidents mm. over a period of time that can continually weaken the blank. Um, it's not the material that breaks down. It's what's done to the material. Uh, so any little thing getting banged on the gunnel of the boat, falling in the garage, those kind of things can add stress fractures to the rod and, uh, and cause it to fail later on. Oh man, I gotta read that. This is the reason I put rod protectors on anytime I travel. Cause I don't want those things banging around the back of my truck. Cause it's just, yeah. 
time and that consistent beating will just slowly break it down and eventually it will it'll break so all right we're coming we're landing this plane here i got a couple more questions for you oh man i had about 15 more questions we never got around we, we to. can we can do that that's fine um so what are the what are the top three questions you get when someone approaches you like i want to buy a fishing rod and the next three questions that come out of their mouth is typically what and how do you answer this um man usually people don't have a ton of questions for me i i try and get questions out of them to find out what rod is going to best fit them you know i'll ask them what they what their favorite thing to throw is where they fish those kind of things but i guess people um that that ask us questions would be you know the do we make the blank do we make the rods um you know where do we get our blanks um those kind of things um you know we make uh, a majority of the rods at our shop in in texas um the blanks we get um kind of split we get some from us um blank, blank companies and we get some from overseas um so those are two of the the big questions that we get um trying to think of a, a third i don't know if can't think of one off the top of my head well here, here, here's another question i'll follow up with so if someone came to you and said how do i know what rod length i need like what would be your follow-up questions uh probably what they what they're currently using okay um you know it's it's all about comfort um you know the only times i think um, a rod length come into play for a technical ability is um, can be in like cranking if you are like sticking your rod tip in the water trying to get that crankbait deeper um, you know getting a little bit more distance out of your cast in those scenarios where you are maxing out your casting ability I'd say 60% of 60 to 70% of the time we're not casting as far as we possibly can we're target casting the stuff um, so accuracy is going to be a bigger deal. You're going to get a more accurate rod with a shorter rod. So you, you play that fine line. I would, if they didn't know, I'd recommend something around seven to seven, three. Okay. Solid. And last two questions for you. Um, so what is, this is kind of more industry question. What are some things that are coming down the line for the industry? Is there any new technologies coming online? You said new companies come coming online. Is there anything, is there like a, fishing conference that you just got back from you're like oh and where everyone gets together and kind of shares new technologies well nobody shares information uh, <laughs> in, this, in this industry it, they keep <laughs> not information but like new products like voila, yeah. here it is yeah they have uh you know there's icast that happened in, in july um, yep. where they reveal new products and stuff um as far as really as far as rods go really of uh there are some new neat handles that are all graphite the handle and the real seat are all in one piece this uh molded graphite um from what i understand i don't think it supposedly it's not plastic it's supposed to actually be uh carbon fiber so okay um those are neat but this is uh, to some extent and uh there's it seems like people are running out of ways to innovate the fishing rod. It seems like there's only so many things people can do to it. Uh <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I got to ask the final question. Um, what's coming down the, the pike 
for you guys? Anything that you recently launched or anything that you can share? I know there's some things you can't share, but. Um, yeah, there's, um, we're working on a new big glide bait rod. Um, cause that's so popular right now. Uh, that's one thing that's been in- interesting in the rod industry, um, is it's really driven by baits that become popular because, you know, 20 to 30 years ago, there was like six techniques, right? And there was only, <laughs> you know, you only, that's, that's all you had to do but now. You have square bills that run 10 feet deep. Um, you have crankbaits that we have three different powers of rods for that umbrella rigs that came out. So it's that's really one thing that pushes, I'd say, the rod industry where there's a demand for a bait. And we have to figure out what um, we're going to provide that's the best uh, tool for that. So glide baits is, is, is kind of it right now, which we have it pretty much finalized, um, similar to a big swim bait rod, a little bit longer handle on it. Um, and even heavier for some of those crazy big glide baits for those guys. Yeah. And maybe, just maybe, a kayak fishing Maybe a kayak rod, rod yeah. We, uh, uh, several years ago, we designed a little, um, just a little keeper on the rod. Um, it was actually just a loop of paracord that came out of the butt. Yeah. We had a way to install that when we assembled the rods to put it together just an easy soft can't scratch anything could you know you put a d-ring on it and clip your clip whatever kind of clips you have um to it but we just never did implement it but we've had like that on the back burner that um if there was a need for it and you all wanted it that's something we could we could definitely look into yeah so interesting being a being a smaller company we're um smaller and doing the assembly um here it is easier to make some of those pivots um and and do some stuff in smaller batches we can make a small batch of kayak rods and see how they go um it's not like we have to order 300 of them uh from overseas and and wait you know six months to get them in we can do some small batch stuff see how it goes and uh aren't too committed on that so it's one thing that's nice where we can we can play around with things like that yeah well brian thank you so much for your time i know you weren't feeling great coming into this as far as health wise, but Hey, you powered through. I appreciate it. We, we, we had you talking a long time. <laughs> Thanks for having me on Darren. Um, we'll, we'll definitely have to do it again sometime and maybe, uh, try and get Lance on here next time. Yeah, I would love that. I know he's it'll, it'll be well two hours then he's got a lot of fishing stories to tell. All right. I like it. All right, folks. Well, I'll see you. Um, we'll continue the show every Tuesday night at eight thirty PM Eastern, but thank you so much for chiming in. And if you're listening on the podcast, reach out to me, Instagram and YouTube. Hope you guys have a great week picking up some big ones. All right. See ya. Thanks. You've been listening to the Kayak Fishing Obsessed Podcast. Kayak fishing is a passion that runs through our veins. And our passion is to talk about every aspect of it, have a blast doing it, and laugh the whole way. We hope you've enjoyed the show. If you did, make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, find us on YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram at Window Fishing. Window Fishing.